Hello, fans, and welcome to episode number 38 of the Atlanta Gladiators podcast. Today is Tuesday, September 20th. I'm Mike Fulton, the team broadcaster, running the show here for you. We're only 31 days away from opening night for the Gladiators on October 21st. We've got the champs coming into town, the Florida Everblades. That'll be a 7 o'clock puck drop to get the season kicked off on a Friday night. And then it's the Gladiators and the Everblades again that Saturday. And then on Sunday, it's the first ever meeting between the Atlanta Gladiators and their newest rival in the South Division and the newest team in the ECHL, the Savannah Ghost Pirates. You can get your tickets to opening weekend, those three games, at AtlantaGladiators.com or by calling the front office. Today, we have on Derek Nesbitt. It's the first time we have a chance to talk with Nezzy since he announced his retirement earlier in this summer, so a lot to catch up on with him in this episode. We have a great interview with him. We'll get to that in a few moments. Did want to mention uh, one of our big ticket packs that's selling really well right now. A lot of people have been enjoying this uh, or will enjoy it this upcoming season. It's the 404 pack. You can secure four end zone tickets to that first ever matchup uh, between the Gladiators and the Ghost Pirates on October 23rd, that first Sunday. You get one commemorative puck that you cannot get unless you buy that ticket pack. And you also get four food and drink vouchers as well. The 404 pack, it'll save you some moolah and it'll get you that really cool commemorative puck as well. It's got the Gladiator and the Ghost Pirate on there. Uh, some pretty pretty cool visual there cooked up by uh, Brian in the Gladiator's front office. Let's get to our Coyotes Corner where we go over... Things with the NHL and AHL affiliates of the Atlanta Gladiators. That's the Arizona Coyotes in the NHL and the Tucson Roadrunners in the AHL. Mostly NHL stuff here uh, this week. Arizona actually recently, just today here on Tuesday, signed uh, the NHL's first ever Native American jersey sponsor. So pretty cool stuff there from the Coyotes. Uh, Gila River Indian Community will be uh, the organization represented on the Coyotes' home jerseys this season uh, while they play at Mullet Arena on Arizona State's campus in Phoenix. Players will wear patches for Gila River Resorts and Casinos on those black home jerseys for the Coyotes this season. And, of course, the Coyotes can only wear those patches on the home jerseys because uh, sports gambling is not legal in every state across the Union, uh, including here in Georgia. So, uh, the Coyotes can only wear those patches at home, but it is the first time that the NHL uh, is allowing any team to have these sponsorship advertisements on their sweaters. A lot of people have pushed back against this in these past months, in these past seasons, and understandably so. The NHL jersey is something you, you want to keep a little bit sacred if you can, but if you noticed over the last couple of seasons, NHL teams have moved to place advertisements on teams' helmets and really... <laughs> I don't think you can notice that much for the vast majority of these. Uh, and for these Arizona Coyotes patches that are going on, the jerseys, the Gila River Resorts and Casinos patches, that is, uh, they're hardly recognizable or they're hardly noticeable in the jerseys at all unless you're zoomed in. I mean, the patches are black and white, which is going to blend in with uh, the black base of that Coyotes jersey anyway. So it's really not that big of a deal uh, when it's all said and done. It's just something that people are going to have to get used to. Uh, and yeah, it is a little unfortunate that uh, the NHL isn't able to kind of keep those jerseys, I guess, so to speak, clean. But this is something that the NBA has done, that the MLB uh, is starting to do. 
are starting to look into. Uh, the NFL, who knows what, what their plans are. They're a little different than the NHL. Uh, but this is only going to bring in more money for these NHL teams and allow these teams to do more things and pay the players more uh, in the future as well. Some other Arizona Coyotes news. Uh, we had the 2022 Rookie Faceoff Tournament finish up uh, this past Monday. So that was when some Coyotes youngsters and a bunch of draft picks got to show their stuff uh, against other young players throughout the league. Ben McCartney, Jack McBain, Connor Geeky. All stood out uh, this past weekend in a trio of games. McCartney, a seventh rounder from a couple of years ago, uh, made a noticeable impact, a big forward up front. Jack McBain, a third rounder, drafted by the Arizona Coyotes four years ago back in 2018. He had his first season out of Boston College last year, played in 10 games with the Coyotes, had three points in those 10 games. He got a chance to showcase his stuff, and he impressed the coaching staff from the Coyotes and the Roadrunners this past weekend, and then Connor Geeky, of course, as well. Geeky, the 11th overall uh, draft pick in this 2022 draft for the Coyotes, a youngster out of the WHL. He was impressive in all three of those games. Goaltender Derek Barbo, who was a late tryout addition to the Coyotes roster, also impressed the staff. He only allowed one goal and 20 shots over two appearances. Uh, it was Steve Potvin, who was the coach, by the way, for that group of rookies in the, that showcase tournament, Potvin is the head coach of the AHL team, the Tucson Roadrunner. So he was the one kind of overseeing the rookies' development in this past uh, handful of days and weeks. Potvin also mentioned that Reese Vitelli, uh, Milos Kellerman, Maximilian Zuber, and Leighton Moore, along with Noah Lowen, all had strong tournaments as well. So that was the rookie tournament. The NHL training camp kicks off this week where those youngsters are going to have to take the next step in their development here this off season. But that wraps up our Coyotes Corner. So let's get to Derek Nesbitt. A great talk with him, about an hour with Nezzy. You're going to want to catch every single minute of it. He kind of goes into uh, his retirement ceremony, what life has kind of been like uh, here this offseason. Um uh, and also that special night with with Chicklets that we had back in February of last year and the, the great documentary that came out by Barstool Sports Spittin' Chicklets. If you have not seen it, go check it out on YouTube. It's got around 60,000 views, I believe, right now. Uh, that number's only going to continue to go up and up because uh, it's a great 16-minute kind of short documentary about uh, Nezzy, but specifically that night in which we celebrated Derek Nesbitt at Gas South Arena uh, with the Chicklets family, but the Gladiators family as well. Before we get to Nezzy, do want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by FanCave. If you're hitting the road for a Gladiators game, you can get your tickets and avoid the service fees with the Gladiators' official ticket resale partner, FanCave Tickets. With one simple delivery fee per order of $10, FanCave offers the cheapest access to resale tickets for most Glad's Roads games, including the nearby Greenville Swamp Rabbits, and the Glad's new in-state rival, the Savannah Ghost Pirates. Visit FanCave's, uh, visit FanCaveTickets.com to get your tickets today and use promo code PODCAST to save $20 on your order. That's FanCaveTickets.com, your number one source for Glad's road game tickets. So without further ado, let's get to Derek Nesbitt, who again leads the Gladiators in all-time goals, assists, points, Games played. He played for the Gladiators for nine seasons. He was a captain for five of those seasons. And he will no doubt be an ECHL Hall of Famer. He's one of 
a few minor league players to reach a thousand professional games. Here's Derek Nesbitt. Okay. Ready? Mm hmm. No prep work, eh? Just go. I don't care. I was going to say, like, you want me care. to go through the list? <laughs> you cut it however you want. And now we welcome on a man who needs no introduction here on this program, at least. It is Derek Nesbitt. Uh, Derek, thanks for joining us here. How's the summer been going? It's been good. Yeah? Yeah. Hasn't, haven't, hasn't really stopped, but uh, jumped right into the director gig at the Ice Forum and haven't slowed down. Is this weird for you? <laughs> like now? No. In this season? It's not weird. No, no, a little bit. I was talking to Jeff the other day. Because this, when we always get talking around this point, I know it's like, actually this morning, my, my wife and I, I was helping her this morning with Declan at school while putting up all the Halloween stuff. And I know like the way seasons hit, right? And I know our, how our house starts to smell, the stuff she puts. I know, I know how we start prepping this time of year. I know what that usually means. Mm-hmm. So that's a little tough to, you know, you get that, but it's not like, Make or break at me. So okay. I, I can deal with it. It's, it's exciting because it is that time of year. But me and Jeff talked about that. Oh, the weather right now. Yeah, it's nice in the morning. It's nice, yeah, it's, yeah, a little chillier <laughs> for maybe an hour in the morning. But right. it's, uh, it's, I can, I feel that season and it's, uh, it's still, it's cool. Mm-hmm. I just know I'm not going to be doing that part of it. You knew this was coming though, a little bit. I mean, especially with the COVID year off. And so, so you've had some time to kind of look ahead to this. To be in de- like knew knowing I was going to retire. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. I probably knew. I've said a couple times when I knew for sure, but I think I knew. Um. Earlier than that, during mm-hmm. last year, I had more of an idea because I know. I think once it's really on the mind, then it's like, how are you going to play again? When you know, if you're even one foot out, to to try to think look ahead and go okay now i'm gonna i'm gonna spend my summer and do that again and get ready it's like mm, no right and that's okay like i don't i still i still try to stay in shape just to because i like to and i it's still like part of me to do that and i'm still active being on the ice with the youth and and even with some of our guys that are skating i i, I just i'll go out and run a couple of drills from help out and mm-hmm. get them some ice time and and do that and it's fun to pass some pucks around for them and but not in my gear or anything, just in sweats. But um, still want to be in a little bit of shape to be able to get around. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to lose it completely. <laughs> so what's it like being retired and or retired from playing pro hockey and knowing that you don't have to now prepare your body and your mind in an off season? It's a lot more relaxing, <laughs> a little bit. But um, I don't know yet. To re- I mean, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. Um, is it freeing in a way? Yeah, I guess. I guess it is. I mean, well, yeah, like you're not so, you know, you know. Actually, yeah, for sure. Good example. Me and my wife just spent a week in Hilton Head two weeks ago. We mm-hmm. we've done it every year since Declan was born, and uh, we've we went for like five days the first couple of times. She really wanted to go set. She's like, we do a full week. And I was like, next, yeah, this year I, we probably can because, you know, I, I, I knew I was going to be done. And I just said, as long as I can golf twice, I can go for seven days. I can't sit on the beach every day. 
Like that's I, she can she could do it all day. I I'm not, you know, I don't love the sand as much as her. Like I I'd, I'd prefer I would go more for the pool. I don't I like it, but it, every day is a lot out there. And I just said, you give me two days where I can golf in the mornings. If I were going seven days, I got to golf twice. She's like, done. So we did that. But this year was different because I wasn't in my head about, okay, when I get back, this many days in the ice, I got to do this. Or I'm trying to get a workout in while Declan's napping. Or in the mornings before we do something, I got I wanted to, the last few years, it was always trying to stay active while I was there as well. Not just completely shut it off, but at least be ready to go. Uh, once I got back the next week, cause it was always a month till camp. And that was how we've always set it up. We could kind of come back just right before Labor Day and that way. So I wasn't as, I was active cause I have yeah. a three and a half year old and we we're at the beach every day and I golfed twice, but it wasn't like, it was a lot more, you know, mentally just, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't have to worry about that stuff a little with work on the set, you know, you're on the phone a little bit and, sure. and doing that stuff, but that's, that's not the same mentally as it is to go, man, like, cause you'd, where you we're know all creatures of habit, yeah. right? We're all creatures of habit. And when you leave for that time, I didn't, I didn't like time off. I didn't like going away and getting out of routine. Like that was, and she knew I was, that was really hard for me to go but I at the same time I wasn't going to say no we can't go somewhere like I knew we can do it this let's do it this week I, I was like can we please do it this week then I get <laughs> I can prep getting up to that and then the net you know whatever and it sounds ridiculous but prep getting up no pre- like, prep leading up to that okay, point okay, okay. and then where I can take that five days and then I can come back I'm like so if we leave on a Tuesday I can skate Monday and you know it was like yeah. I can see where that takes a toll on her you know because it does revolve around me. Mm-hmm. So I can see that. So this this time I was, I was trying to be as much as I could. Like, you know, no, I'll just chill out and we'll go and come back and I'll deal with what I got to do after that. Just need the two that. days. Just need the two I just got to golf. Yeah, that's all I want to do. Just play the ocean course or what did you play down there? We played one called at, at Port Royal, Robbers Row it was called. It was nice. Mm-hmm. And then I really wanted to play. We stay in Palmetto Dunes. Okay. And the Robert Trent Jones course right there where it does a couple lead up to the ocean and, yeah, and head yeah. away. Yeah, it was it was that was a nice track. Really nice. Do you think there's gonna be a moment or an instance, maybe in the lead up to the season or when the season starts, where it's gonna hit you like that? Where one thing will happen and you'll be like, Wow, I'm not playing pro hockey anymore. Um I don't know. I think I but I got a taste of that in COVID year, right? Mm-hmm. Because it, they were playing and I wasn't. Yeah. Some people were playing and and now there was a few of us here still skating and, and doing stuff. So that was a shock because it was like, I'm wanting to play. Yeah. And I, I'm not, you know, like, and I don't know if that would, that was harder than, that was probably tougher to be honest. Than retiring. I think so. Because you knew you still had some left in the tank. Yeah, and I wanted it. I was like, that's not, I didn't, the horror story is everyone that plays this long doesn't get to go on their own terms. Like, not many do. Mm-hmm. And that was not going to be my terms. So that bothered me. If that was the case, we didn't know what was going to happen. So I was I was really prepared and, and focused on doing everything I could for that, I mean, 18 months, essentially, it would have been, without playing, to come back and play another year. So... 
maybe that's why I felt that was it. Was that was a that was a grind in itself more mentally than mm-hmm. even of a season because you got to really stay focused on how do I somewhat simulate playing a season so that I can take time off when they're done and then get going again and kind of it was it was it was really strange to structure how to prep to play a season knowing you had that time off just it was just different from what I'd done for so many years mm-hmm. um so I don't know if there'll be a moment I yeah. mean you see the schedule and I'm gonna be there. I want to go opening night I want to I'm gonna be there and and whatnot so and, and you're retiring from playing the the sport of hockey professionally, but you're still around hockey. Yeah. Uh, you're around it here at the Ice Forum. You're still going to be around the Gladiators as well. What's that going to look like? Do you think this year? Um, no, I. I mean, like we'll see you at games. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we have your retirement ceremony coming up. Yeah, no, I'm. I mean, my, I I want to take Declan to games as much as I can, as much as I am able to go to. I want him to continue to watch it. He loves going to games, whether it's me out there, the guy, like I, I know he, when daddy's playing, but I don't know how much that'll matter once he's just there watching with me, mm-hmm. like, or, or whatever it is. So, um, no, I, yeah, I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> I want to be there as often as I can. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, the, look how many guys are returning. Oh gosh. Yeah. Right. That's not, that doesn't happen in this league, mm-hmm. right? That happens with NHL teams that have multi-year deals with with players, and they've drafted players. This is this is wild to have that many guys returning. It's it's you don't see that in this league. I don't think I've ever seen that in this league. Well, we'll, we'll touch on this year's yeah. team here in a little bit. You mentioned uh, kind of going out on your own terms. You certainly did that. Fifty-one points, sixty-five games. You're one of the team's leading scorers. If you played one more year, what do you think your your stat line would be? <laughs> I don't want to say I mean we could extrapolate it out <laughs> and uh do the math try to I don't know I I don't think it heading. would be yeah I don't I don't think it would be much different mm-hmm. to be honest you, I think you go back out and get 50 points sure yeah I think so I mean yeah maybe I mean knowing the situations I'd play in who knows who I mean especially with half the guys like I I I don't. I don't think that's the case. I. I mean, as long as I stayed healthy, which I have a track record of doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. So the maybe question, sixty. The, <laughs> <laughs> but well, you'll never know. Well, <laughs> I don't know. You, you look down at uh, at Florida with Ernie Hartlieb, um, a guy who he has come out of retirement. I think maybe once or <laughs> twice for the Everblades. If if the blades nope. or if the Glads are short a guy, no, 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 you're just shutting it down. No chance. Mm. Why? I'm just curious. No, and I'm not saying. I'm not, I'm not saying. No, no. But I'm not. And I'm not saying that Ernie's not fulfilled. But I'm just like, I don't. I don't want to do that just to come back and just fill a spot. Mm. Because I know if I get out there and I'm not on the power play or whatever, I'd be like, let me go out there and do this. Yeah. And I don't want to be that guy either. So. Mm. No, I'm done. I'm done. Oh, and you're taking a spot too from yeah. maybe an SP guy or something like whatever. That. Yeah, I don't, and I don't. It's I don't need to prove it to myself that I can play another game, right? Oh, over a thousand, yeah. Right. I don't, but that. I just don't. I don't need to. I don't. I, I'm not to. I'm not at a spot where, you know, we a couple of years ago we brought uh, Jared Ross came and played with us, and I had, and 
He's a guy, me and him played our first pro games together here in Atlanta in 05. He went on and played a lot of years in Germany, played a little bit in Philly. Um, and we were the same age and I saw him, his, his, he's from Huntsville and I saw him at a, at a youth thing, um, in the, that summertime and he was, and I was like, yeah, Piler's back and, and whatever, you know, because he had both recruited both of us and mm-hmm. he's like, oh, that's awesome. Tell him, he said, Hey, let him, let him know I'm, I'm playing men's league and I'm, you know, <laughs> I, let me know if you need a guy. And I was like, no, seriously. I said, I will. He's like, what do you mean? I said, well, I was like, man, we, we run into spots where call-ups and injuries. I was like, Matt Harrington. This I was, last yeah. Year. I was like, we'll, we'll pull guys either former players or local guys to, to fill in on nights where we're, where we just need bodies. He's like, all right, maybe I'll start skating a little more. And, and I was like, I was like, I'm going to call you this year. I said, I'm going to call you this year. And sure mm-hmm. enough, I, I did. We were in, I think it was in Charleston. We had uh, just traded for Bly, Nick Bly. And we needed a guy. And he, I said, I said, call Roscoe. And I so, and he would, and he said that he goes, my kids never really saw me play. He goes, I didn't want to be done when he, when he finished. So he's like, yeah, I really do. I want to do it. Mm-hmm. We flew him in and he, he kind of, he ended up playing. We can look, but I don't, maybe 10 games for us. Oh, wow. Okay. You so know, it wasn't like, just like one night. He was living at home, but he'd, he'd come and just play games wherever we were for the, yeah, he was, the family would come in for the weekend or whatever. And, and, and he was, he played, I may be extending it with 10 games, but it was more than five, less than 10, maybe. Okay. I, I, You know, if I had to guess. But yeah, he came in that night and I ended up like centering him and he's a natural center, but he's like, maybe you play center tonight. <laughs> I was like, oh, I got it. So me and we, and we had we had a good weekend. Like it was, but he, you could just see the, his boys in the room and they're, and they were old. Like the one was, I think 10 at the time, you know, mm-hmm. like, but they had never really seen him or remembered a lot of stuff. So they sure. got to see that. He scored another goal and Ugh. had a few points, right? So, yeah. but um, I don't... Your story is different. Yeah, like I, I didn't I didn't finish thinking like, oh man, I didn't do this. I didn't, I mean, yeah. Now if an NHL team calls and say, hey, we're going to give you a token <laughs> game, then honey, I'm out of here, you know? But that's not <laughs> happening, you know what I mean? Like that's completely different. Uh-huh. That's not happening. I mean, just, I'm joking, but... That's the only reason I would, yeah. you know, but no, I'm well, good. S- some pretty cool. Your story has been well documented uh, and it was documented by uh, Barstool Sports and the Spit and Chicklets crew. They did a fantastic about 16 minute documentary mm-hmm. style video uh, on you, your 1000th game and the night celebrating your 1000th game uh, this past February here in Atlanta. And uh, I'm assuming you've had a chance to to watch it. Uh, who did you watch it with when you first popped it on? So I got, I had to work that night till eight thirty. I was on the ice, and I think by the time I got home, my wife had already watched it. Like she said, I've already watched it four times because I watched a couple with Declan. She was like, so I, she's like, I kept getting nervous watching it, watching myself. She did not want to see herself on there, and then uh, and then I watched it with her when we got. I said, oh, I'll okay. wait until I get home. Biz had said, he was a call me when it's over. I said, well, I'm not going to be able to see it until later. I said, I'll, I'll give you a call whenever I get home and settled in and get watching it. And, but I said, I've said, when they asked me before, you know, uh, are you going to watch it live? I said, they asked me if I wanted to see it beforehand. I was like, no, I was like, no, I'll let us watch it with everybody. Else. I'll let the internet critics have my phone lit up in, <laughs> in, in mentions or whatever, by ever, whatever time I get off yeah. the ice and see. And sure enough, like a lot, but it was really cool. Yeah reception a lot of people random people that really enjoyed it and they did an unbelievable job sean 
uh, their camera guy there with, with chicklets and barstool, Sean Apuzo, was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The amount of work he did to put into that was amazing. Well, and he was there for your 1,000th game, which yeah. was in Jacksonville, too. So this was... Right. So we got pretty months, personal there. Right. And as much as he was right with me that whole game, pretty much. So we got to... That was that was kind of special there um, with him finishing it all and, and getting to be there for that, that game. Um, but, uh, yeah, just watched him and the wife and... Declan's wanted to watch a couple of times because he's he's so he likes to watch hockey on he'll ask for YouTube yeah. and when the when they they call it the th- what are the what's the the picture that shows up thumbnail, thumbnail or, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so he's on it that's right, right? Yeah, it's me yeah. holding him and Biz with the you know the mm-hmm. so he knows who Biz is and he know and he's like oh well, what's the one with me he just he just <laughs> stares at him, himself when he's on there and gets to hear his voice on there and, and it, it gets focused a little around him <laughs> on part of the, you know, he's yeah. first star of the episode. So he enjoys watching. So he'll ask to see the, the video with him and biz. He got a lot of airtime. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so he cuts you out of the video. It's yeah. Yeah. You it's and not biz mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I felt like they could have done another hour or so. I, yeah. I mean, they did a great work uh, capturing a lot of interview footage with you, with, uh, with Jeff. I know they talked to some of the, players, of the players, I believe as well. Yeah. Um, it, I was hoping that it would it would be even longer just because that <laughs> night was so special. But the 16 minutes they put together yeah. was fantastic. I think it's up to uh, 52,000 views or something like that yeah. as we record this. It's been out a week, right? Um, so it's uh, it, it was pretty cool. We haven't had you on since that night. Um, we've seen the aftermath, we've seen the video, but even so, I'm not sure if people can kind of understand all that went into that night with chiclets and behind the scenes with your family and everything. Yeah. Can you kind of peel the curtain back for us a little bit? What that on was that like day? for you? The whole, yeah, the whole day. Exactly. Well, for, well, obviously the day in Jacksonville, sorry, which, the, the, the celebration here. The ce- oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, they were there the night before too. the camera guys. Biz was in town. He had the TNT gig, so he wasn't at that game, but, um, uh, the cameras were there the night before to, to get more footage. But then, the next morning, um, when Biz comes in, he kind of says, hey, I want to, I'm going to show, I'm going to come in and I'll just, I'll meet you in the locker room and we can go do whatever. Can I come to the house? Yeah. You, I said, I'm just, I told him, I said, listen, I, he goes, you want to go for lunch somewhere? I was like, man, I just grabbed Chipotle and go home. I was like, I'm not. Yeah. I was like, that's <laughs> made a bit of a joke. He's, that, yeah. Like, I was like, he's, I was like, I know that's not anything glamorous, but I was like, I was like, that's just what I, he's like, all right, perfect. He's like, that's what we'll do. He's like, do whatever you do. Yeah. I said, okay. I said, that's fine. Um, but he came in, he wanted just to see the room. And then he said, well, a few guys be there. And I said, I was like, Hey, he's kind and a few guys obviously wanted to stick around just to, just to meet figure the camera yeah. was going to be there and just see what was going on. So they're curious. And guys, we, we had an optional that day because we had played the night before, like I said. So I said, I always come in anyways mm-hmm. and do, uh, do something cold tub, shower, hang it, get sticks ready or whatever. So I said, I'll be there. So. He showed up and then, yeah, they jumped in the car and camera in the back seat. And I just drove to the house and um, uh, they came in. My parents were in town. So they, as I mean, what you saw, I mean, we, we, mm-hmm. we chatted on the way and uh, I stopped and grabbed my Chipotle and we went uh, onto the house and you, we, you caught us right walking in the house there. And um, mm-hmm. uh, that day we had Declan at his, at his school or daycare or whatever. And we had him cause it was a Friday so we we kept him there for the Friday. It was usually only a couple of days. We added the Friday that week just so uh, my wife could get stuff going on and we could just get in there and do that and and then she could go get him and bring him back 
Yeah. And that's was him coming home from school that day. He wanted to wear his jersey that day. So we, yeah. we threw him in his jersey. We were like, this this would be good to see him come home in this, in one of his jerseys. And, uh, and yeah, they got most of that. I mean, other than it's just just chatting and stuff with my parents there and with my wife there and them, it was, yeah, he wanted Biz to play hockey with him. He gave him the mask like he mm-hmm. usually does with whoever's playing mini sticks and they played and, and, uh, and yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, they went back. I they just they left me for the few hours of my normal routine, just hanging out at the house until I went to the rink. And then, as soon as I got there, basically Sean was in there again with the the cameras and stuff. I know Biz had they had their thing behind the in the one ends in the in the goal zone there, and um, yeah. they had their little party going on. And he came in for the. Uh, with the after well right after the intros there with Jeff and you saw him come in and I mean they didn't hide much of that stuff what you saw there was it was all pretty much yeah. but just um and then I was just kind of mic'd up for the ceremony part um you were you mic'd up for the game at all or no, no not for the game at all okay. just the uh just the just the ceremony part going out there um I think so. The microphone when I was talking to you, it sounded very clear. It's because I was mic'd up yeah. of me. To, otherwise, it wouldn't have sounded great, probably from a camera angle over the loudspeaker. Sure. But um, yeah, I mean, it was. I think at that point too, I did know that I was probably so. I think that was more emotional, kind of knowing that that was like. Well, first of all, too, like this doesn't happen to guys in our league. No to get that much attention with that, that platform and, and, and what they were doing for not just me, but like our team organization mm-hmm. for the league was really cool. And, and getting to be like kind of the focus of it um, was pretty humbling. And like, I mean, really uh, over what overwhelming, I guess is what I even said on the, on the microphone there, like big time. Mm-hmm. So like ending it little party in the locker room. Like that, that was the one thing too, was <laughs> we, we thought about it after and I, I talked to biz and, and Grinelli and them. I was like, what if we got beat seven, nothing? <laughs> like, how much would that have sucked for you guys? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. What, like do a doc on that. He biz came in and he grabbed me. He goes, he's like, that couldn't have went any better. No, <laughs> like, it could not have. And that's when I was like, yeah, I guess so. Like, I, I mean, mm-hmm. you guys win four one. you get the, the goal at the death, basically at the right. very end, the empty yeah, matter, the dagger, it was the, perfect. It, right. It, it just like, it was, it was, it was like, it was, if they could have wrote up a script, anything other than me scoring three and sure. you know, you know yeah. what I mean? But yeah. like, but just a decent, a good, like a good game where, you know, 3-1, they're put pressure on. We get the empty netter to really seal it, and then you can kind of enjoy it. Well, I guess that was two seconds left. Mm-hmm. But, like, even that last minute, you knew the way we were playing. They weren't going to get two. Mm-hmm. You know, we were in that zone where you're like, well, they're not going to get two, but, like, can I get one here? Where yeah. And I remember that play. And, I, and what's funny is the rotation me and Neely made there was kind of right out of back to our first couple of years when Brando was the coach, where if I was the top guy and he went down, we wrote, I swing into his spot, he jumps in the pile. So what was perfect is when it came up the wall, 
normally if he went down there, I didn't cut, you know, I didn't know that to where, okay, I, I remember yelling at him, you go, I got you. Mm-hmm. But I, it was like such slow. I can, I remember that play so well where he, I yelled at him to go into the pile so I could come over the top of him. Sly comes over on the other side of me or comes up the middle. And sure enough, it comes right to that point, man. And I'm right there. And he had nothing, you know, and it hits the shaft of my stick and it <laughs> couldn't have landed flatter on my table. <laughs> the amount of shots I blocked this year with the shaft of my stick where their stick shattered too. Uh-huh. And of course, I was like, the fact this didn't, Thank there's God. no way this isn't going in Could now. you imagine yeah. being wide open and that thing just snaps on you? Oh. I look at the video and you know, the first, I was like, Sly had two. I could have slid it over to him and he might have had mm-hmm. three. Would that have been a better story? I don't know. It would have been pretty cool, and, right? and we'll get to that in a sec, but yeah. I, I wanted to ask, like, when you were shooting that, was it all kind of going through your head, like, like, oh, this is perfect, like, uh, it, it's my night, this is my goal? I saw, well, that's one thing I like about our rink, is the, the scoreboards in the ends, because you can see the clock, mm. and so you can always... You like that. I do, because <laughs> you can't go like this, and I'm, and I I'm looking up right now. in the middle. Of course, <laughs> for sure. But for players, I look this way, I can see the clock, and I can still, my, your peripheral is yeah. easy. So I remember when the puck's down, I was like, hey, there's not much left. And then when they turn around, the, the, the D's got it. I can look at him, and I can still see the clock up here and go, okay. Like, I know the time. Yeah. I knew I was shooting that. I knew it usually, okay, yeah. try to get the red line, but I was like, no, it's two seconds, I got to shoot this. So... I did. I shot it. I do. I and I, this is not me just being like, oh, look how unselfish I am. I remember seeing Sly there and thinking, oh, he had two. Yeah. But then I was like, he's not going to care because <laughs> no. I think I said something to him when he first got to me. I think I said that to him, and he was like, no. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you're shooting that. He he would have been mad at you. Right. Like he might have tried to look back at me, and that buzzer would have went, and we yeah. would look stupid. Right. <laughs> yeah. For sure. <laughs> well, and, and and so you kind of alluded to it, but that was another really cool story was that night, uh, Cody Sylvester gets two goals in that 4-1 to win over Norfolk. And, and you know, you had mentioned that uh, in the doc, in your interview with some of the, the Chicklets guys, he's a soon-to-be father, and, and, and that was such a big impact uh, for you on that night was having Declan there and, and all that stuff. And here's Cody him and his wife, Jenna, about to have their their first kid mm-hmm. as well. So that was kind of a another part of that night that was um, that was really cool. What yeah. was, you know, the soon-to-be dad getting getting to, and, well, and he, you even mentioned that. He saw that date coming. I think that was their due date. Yep. <laughs> and he knew that was going to be his last game because for a week or so, mm-hmm. because he was going to take a few days off to become a father. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I just... I knew what that meant to me, so I I just kind of impulsively was like, "Okay, you guys gave me first car, first star, shocker, right?" I knew I kind of had I was like, okay, but he had a hell of a night, and I was like, "Keep him." I said, "I think I did I say to Lewis, I told him, I said, "Hey, when he's done, keep him out there." He's like, "Okay," so he he grabbed him, and I and I just I want him to stay out and acknowledge to people how cool I thought that. Cause that's cool. I yeah. mean, I knew I knew how excited he was. Um, I mean, yesterday he just he took his kid for a skate around the ice for the first time, just holding right. him. So I got the, I saw that, and that was just yesterday. Um, Little Brooks, because we were I was up there skating with them, and he did that after. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't plan that. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't. Like again, everything was just happened. I just. Saw him there. We knew that was going to happen the next day. We had a rookie party the next night, which he wasn't going to be there for. Mm-hmm. And they went late that night into the hospitals. That 
that next night, the late night. So it all, it all made sense. But, um, yeah, I just, I know they didn't put that on there, but that's, and that's fine. I mean, that's okay. It would have been cool to see him in that, but, um, but they did at yeah. least get the shot of you on the interview, kind of mentioning some guys are, are about to have kids. Coming I up. did, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, the behind the scene in when I'm in that locker room. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did talk about that, so that's that's one thing that came up. But just yeah, we had a lot of cool stories last year. Yeah, um, the way it all came together. Mm-hmm. So it was just pretty unique year. And then. After the game, you guys are that's when you guys are doing those interviews in yeah, the locker rooms yeah. and stuff like that. And I, I know that was emotional for, for you, but also for your family that was down there as well. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So for everyone that yeah, that me and me with the jerseys behind me with the the black t shirt on that that all that whole piece, all of that was them talking to me an hour after the game was over. Yeah. Um so everything's pretty raw right then. Yeah, and it was really your motions high, adrenaline's high. Now you're coming down. You've had Pink Whitney poured down your throat <laughs> by the guys when they came in the room. By the inventors and, of Pink yeah, Whitney. Yeah, and we had a weekend off, so a few beers came in the room, and 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 you get to kind of relax a little. And so it was a fun night for everybody. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I said, I think that the last line I said was how friggin' cool the day was. So it was, yeah, but that's when, the, yeah, Sean was good. He was the one interviewing me and had the camera. He knew, he knew how to get me, uh, pull a few cords there. That's what I said to him after you, I was like, you son of a, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, yeah, he did an awesome job. Well, we're, we're not quite done with you yet. I, obviously you're going to be around the team here coming up, uh, uh, and around the rink this, this next season. But of course we're, we're raising that number 17 up mm-hmm. in the rafters, uh, on November 13th, that's a Sunday game against uh, Savannah, uh, the newest team in the ECHL. It's going to be another emotional afternoon. Do you have a speech right now? No. You going to wing it? You going to write one? Or? No. I didn't write any of the stuff that I said. <laughs> I mean, you're better on the fly. I am. I don't. I don't want to be. Yeah, I mean, you guys just put a time limit on me, and <laughs> and I'll be okay. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um. I haven't I haven't thought of that. No offense. I haven't thought of that for a minute yet. Yeah. To you be get, honest. Get time. Yeah, I I'll just a couple of months. And it, and it'll be different. Like you said, it'll be different once the season starts to know how I feel for sure and right. and what I let the let the guys get going and Yeah, I don't know. No idea. So that's I like, don't even know how the day I don't know what you guys are planning, so I I don't fair I don't, enough. I have no idea. Well, it's going to be a Sunday game. I can tell you that yeah, and yeah. and the Glass will be wearing their uh, the third alternate jerseys that they just released. Have you yeah. seen those yet? Yeah. A little throwback back to when you uh, first joined on, yeah? Right, what do yeah. you think of them? Pretty, Not, pretty no, simple. I, like, I mean, dry. the colors, yeah. I think everyone wants to see that. I mean, the only guy that's wore those colors before is Niels. So, mm-hmm. um, I know, I think he likes that. Just, to, you know, it, it can remind him of days when he was younger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I like it. I don't, I mean... Everyone has their likes to have their opinions on everything, mm-hmm. but uh, no, to do the colors, you do one thing, people are pissed off. You do another thing, or people are pissed off. But mm-hmm. it's always the same people, <laughs> right? Am I allowed to say this <laughs> yeah, stuff now? Yeah, well, well now right? we've it's got you, the blue, it's you same we've got the white, out there. and yeah. we've got the the black. Throw yeah, back, I like so that. I like it because they got pick. no. I well, I I didn't even thought of that the other day, and I I 
I knew I knew you guys were doing the jerseys. I didn't think I had seen it. You had kind of told me about it, but I hadn't seen it. But I I'd forgot, and I went in, I was in the locker room the other day, and I was like. Why is there black gloves, pants, and or there was the pant covers, the helmets, yeah. and I was like, oh yeah, I said so they're doing all gear for that too. Mm-hmm. So I like going. That's when I was like, good for them, like going the full way on this, right. rather than doing the jerseys and having the blue. It's like no, that would look that awful. Would clash. So horribly. the the black yeah. pant covers with the black gloves and the black helmets, like they're doing this right. Yeah, they're doing it right. That's and that's awesome. So good, good on you and. I think it's people are gonna like it. Yeah, no, they they look really sharp. I mean, we're gonna wear them eight times, nine times at home. I think yeah. this year only like against that. Savannah. By the way, so I I want to say there's eight home games uh, yeah, on, yeah. on Sundays, yeah. and I think the first five are against, against Savannah. Savannah. Yeah, yeah. So well, I, when you get an in-state, like usually it's them or Greenville, right? That you're playing the Sunday. Yep. Mm-hmm. Let's finish off near home, and that's that's just how it is. I get it. You've been around minor league hockey as much as anybody. Do you remember? like some new teams that joined uh, in the immediate vicinity of a team that you were playing with? Like like a Savannah to Atlanta situation? I don't know. Um, no, because when I was in San Antonio the first time, Austin wasn't there yet, Texas. They hadn't mm-hmm. come in yet. They came in shortly after that, so that doesn't really count. Um, let me let me ask you this. I don't know. It's tough to of the rivalries that you've been a part of in like in in the minors. Yeah, are they geography based or are they just personality based? Because sometimes you get yeah. rivalries with with teams that you don't see that often, but you just kind of hate each other and the games are nasty. Um, but but the Gladiators played Greenville. I mean, how many times last year? And it wasn't as hostile right. as as uh, some other right. teams we played against. Yeah, I didn't feel that one like some... Yeah, we've never... That's only a two-hour drive. I know, I mean, isn't it? Far yeah, for sure. Um, to me, it's either someone you've battled over a top spot for for years. Okay. Which yeah. for a while was us in Florida, mm-hmm. right? When I was first here, like we were all, we were up on them all the time. And, and that's obviously... That's switched in, in the coming years, right? Like mm-hmm. we were... Um, or you'd meet in the playoffs and a hand like I mean we I think we beat them in five my rookie year right and there yeah. were like we went down there and won two you know it wasn't but we were really good yeah um it, it's been like that or I had both of those with geography and the other big rival was Rockford Chicago when I played in Rockford because one Rockford's with the Hawks. Wolves are in Chicago. It's 90 minutes at most down the road. Mm-hmm. We did play each other in second round playoffs that year where they won the first two in Chicago. We won the next two in Rockford. They won game five in Chicago. We won. Is it? And then we won game six at home. So it was. Yeah, it was home team one. And it was like that all season. Mm-hmm. We'd win at home. They'd win on. The, they'd win there. And then playoffs was like that. And for game, is that how? No, I'm sorry. It it switched. It, it was home team, home team, the first two, and then I think game five. They won in Rockford, and then we went there or something like that, and and it worked out where we there was finally a home. Uh, 
or we got out, we beat them there in game five and they won game six and seven. They came and beat it. That's what it was. We won game five there. They came to us with uh, everyone shaved their beard into mustaches and they won in Rockford. <laughs> and then we went back to Chicago and we, and they beat us there. Yeah. And they went on to win the cup with everyone keeping a mustache, the entire cup mm-hmm. run that's in 07, 08. Okay. And that was our team. That was part of that. Our core went up and won the cup in Chicago two years later. So like that, you look at that, that lineup of both teams. It's insane. Um, some of the some of the names and guys you see in that in that series, but that was a wicked rivalry yeah. with them. Just it was two really really good teams. Yeah, and the proximity us uh us Boise and Alaska, we had a wicked rivalry that okay. year. That the stemmed Kelly from is- the the year we won it. I personally didn't like them because they beat us the year before, but. Yeah, because you had that bitter taste in your mouth when yeah, they, they took out the Gladiators in 06. Right, yeah. yeah. So they kind of gooned us up a little when we went out. We went up to Alaska without our toughness right before Christmas, and they gooned it up on us a little bit. I ended up getting slew-footed. I had a high ankle sprain. I was out three weeks. That's why I missed six games. Luckily, it, was, I, it wasn't too bad, but enough for I miss. I missed six games that year, and... We had like two other guys leave with like concussion and something else that game. That's what started the Yablonski Nickerson brawl mm-hmm. where they played for us, where Nickerson was kicked out of the league. Yabo was basically suspended for the rest <laughs> of the regular season. And we turned around and won that night, won the next night, or whatever. They might have beat us that night, but we won the next night. And then we got in playoffs with them and, and ended up beating them. And, and but- that. That really fired. I know that's and that was a rivalry for quite a while. Yeah. After that, but so some of that started with injuries. That could be a rivalry starter for, for yeah. a season at least, maybe right there. Look at Colorado, Detroit. Yeah, <laughs> like th- those guys. I mean, they said in that video. I mean, that rivalry didn't start until after that hit, mm-hmm. when they saw him in the locker room after, and they realized, like, holy, look at his face. Now we got to wait a whole year to get back at him, mm-hmm. right? They didn't know right away. Like that was just a five minute whatever. That's how that started. Right. That's that. It's not that's not not exactly geography. (laughs) So, So, okay, so so good points. It's it's not always just the mm -hmm. the closest, which I think people are kind of expecting, like a gladiators, ghost pirates rivalry. And it's but they're a lot of closest to us. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, it's four hours away, but it's still the it's in in Georgia. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and people will get up over that, no doubt. Uh, But it, it really comes down to the guys in the room. Right. I mean, how much can a fan base add to a rivalry? Like because there are certain teams that the gladiators fans hate. But yeah. but the players might not hate them as much as as a different team. Yeah, a lot of those too. Like in this, I mean, if they would have went and signed three of our guys, sure, or something. Like, what if take a veteran? Say Pelly goes there. Say Turns goes there, and Topes ended up there. For instance, well, I'm just picking a veteran guy, a forward, and a D. Yeah. Right? I'm just I'm just throwing names out there. They'd be like, okay, well, I don't want to lose these three. They left us and they went there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to lose to them. Like that could start something, but it's hard. There's, there's always, something's got to happen. Yeah. Okay. It, you can't, it's, it's all so organic. Like I, I, like I just, I told you instances where those started. They're all organic. We didn't just say, all right, we hate them. We They're hate right them. down. Yeah. yeah. Like it's not about the flag. It's no, about, it's uh, so it hap. It just has to happen. Mm-hmm. It just, there's the best ones anyway are all organic. Right. So, so let's uh, let's talk about the team a little bit this year upcoming uh, for the Gladiators. 
Uh, when it's all said and done, and we haven't announced everybody as having signed yet, um, so if you say a name that we can't say, we'll just cut it out. Yeah, I, <laughs> I kind of remember all, yeah. But, uh, um, but where we're at right now, and based off the, the list that I've seen from Coach of guys who were planning on signing or that have been signed that just haven't been announced, it looks like there's going to be about 18 returners or so, somewhere in that neighborhood. And if it's in that neighborhood, it is going to be the most returners ever in Gladiators history from the season before. Maybe in so, league history. Yeah. Might have to get on the hold <laughs> with Joe Babick and, and, right. and see if... Uh, uh, but, but that doesn't happen in the no. ECHL, bringing 18 guys back. No. That, that's crazy. It's nuts. What, what, what do you expect from this group that, that's been announced, at least so far? And what do you like of the, of the signings? Well, you have to like familiarity. Um, Especially with a successful group the year before. Yeah. Um, yeah, you have to like the familiarity of no one's... Everyone knows Jeff, and there are nothing, no, no surprises now, mm-hmm. right? For the most part, no. There's, he's not going to change what he does, and if they come in expecting that, like, what are you thinking? You were just here for seven months, like, what do you, you know? So yeah. don't. Let's first of all, like, everyone figure that out. No, you know, you know what's, you know what you're coming back to. Mm-hmm. Keep your head on straight there. Um, don't forget what your role was. Because clearly that's not going to change a whole lot mm. with a lot of the same guys back, right? They, I mean, I don't see how roles just reverse there very much. Everyone's got to bring that same thing. Like, well, why were you asked back? Why were you asked back? Why were we good? Why did we win games? Don't lose Don't lose that. Um, if, if, every, if they're all coming back, come back for the right reasons, and it's got to be for the team aspect... The only way you're going to get individual success and more of a future is if you guys continue to do well as a team. I think personally, this many guys back and the guys that do want to move up, if you just showed you all came back, common goal in mind, how is a scout or GM at the next level do you not go, damn, that's, they all went back with a goal in mind. They all did pretty well. They've accepted roles again. They're, mm-hmm. they're really part of a team. Like they're pe- winning. People piece. want part of it. Te- people want yeah. people that are, good parts of a team in any any job I mean outside of hockey too right so mm-hmm. um, obviously there's probably going to be a couple roles to be filled yeah um, absolutely and whether that's on the ice or off the ice mm-hmm. there's a, I mean you mean like in the room you're saying yeah or, you know what I mean yeah. I mean I'm <laughs> there's a, there's gonna there's gonna be some they don't have a nine-year well, right. Captain. <laughs> but that's but yeah. I'm not. I mean, I'll let you say nine-year it. But gladiator, yeah. but no, that's but that's fair. And that's obviously nothing. Someone has to do on their own, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's still a lot of this going forward can be by committee. There's going to be guys that I think are going to grab onto that and and accept more of that role and. Um, and other guys need to catch on to that quick and accept and and latch on and and be part of that because if not, like you can go south pretty fast in this league, right? You know, and well, and the positive thing for the Glads is you have guys coming back like Eric Neely, like Cody Sylvester. Uh, yeah. You have uh, the Thrower Brothers, uh, and Dalton's going to be a veteran. So you have right. 
uh, those veteran guys, there's some other names that are, that are coming along as well uh, that haven't been announced yet. But you do have some of those guys that are not have not only been around in this league, but have been around with this team before yeah. that are going to be coming back. Yeah, I mean, Neely's first year here was my first year coming back here mm-hmm. from when I had I'd gone previously, which was Brando's first year. So he he saw me playing for a guy that I lived with, played with, was friends with, you know, and close with, um, you know, and I've seen him come, go, come back. And like, I've seen two different people and he knows that too. And he knows like, <laughs> he looks back and he's like, what was I thinking? Thinking I was going to get, you know, like the, the deal, you know, the two way deal he signed with, or whether it was one way or two way, but just like, how frustrating it was. And he, you know, he's the first to say like, I should have just focused on like what I was doing and where I was rather than worrying about where I think I should be. And the mindset there of like, and watching him grow as like, as a man and like a leader and which you, you see no more evidence of that last year alone from, you know, he's, and he's, he's a guy trying to get, he, he's, you know, wife's here, got a job. That's why he wanted to come, you know, and, and he was fully willing to come back here. He was mm-hmm. so excited when she got the job here that she wanted that he could come back and play here and live here and, and they, they can begin a life here. So, yeah. um, have two feet in. Yeah. Like, or more like, it, it, you know, <laughs> like I, like same here. Like he saw now, I think he sees what I was doing when I wanted to do that and come home and play. And, um, to see him embrace that, lab, you know, and like I said, trying he was, you know, he's trying to get on his life. He didn't know if he was going to keep doing it. His, the COVID year his, you know, he was really sore and mm-hmm. took the, I think that year off helped him as well. And we played four games with Jacksonville and, and that was it. And, and he, I, and he, well, he's, and the reason he stopped was he, he couldn't play the game he wanted to at that point. He yeah. needed the time off. He was hurting there. there you know, there was something bothering him that he's, fully good with now and he 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 was not able to be the guy he wanted to be out there but I also think and he knows now too like he wasn't into it there this was home for him now yeah he went there to play but he wasn't at home and there you go right there it was and I talked to him when he was there he was so happy when he stopped and got back home I remember he came over I think him his wife came over to the house like two days after he got back from Jacksonville. And I don't know if it was right before Christmas or right. I forget when it would have been. Maybe, because if he only played four games, right, they started around December. So it would have been around that time, right? Okay. But he was so, he was just like, I got to get, get out of here. He wasn't, he, he wasn't invested. Yeah. And then he gets back here, plays a couple games, you know, and he got the, he got a job and he, you know, he was trying to get on with, with things and it obviously wasn't fully out. Mm-hmm. And he got a couple games, and he saw what was going on, and was like, "Okay." Now, when he said he wanted to be a part of it, I was like, "Okay, he gets it now, mm-hmm. right?" Like he now he's like, now he's all in. Not that he ever wasn't, but in all in in the way you kind of have to be as that role of I'm here. This is you know the, to to really bring them along, and guys gravitated towards that. They could tell because you know the biggest concern was. With him in and out, how are, how's the room going to deal with this? And that's where I was like, okay, I'll I'll watch and listen for. It. He even said he's like, if guys don't like that, like tell me, 
you know, and I, you know, if I'm not, you know, like, I don't want that to be the case. I was like, no, I'll just, I mean, but the way he plays, no one's going to deny that. Right. So it soon was like, well, can he, can he play more? You know, guys weren't, it, it was, it was more like, okay, so there, there's where you knew right there. I was like, okay, like now he's, and I think he dealt with that pressure of like, hey, I have to bring it hard every night if I'm going to be able to do this like this to where now he's just, now I'm, he goes, now I got to do this full time. Yeah. So as long as he, and now he know he goes, now he's going to have to just keep doing that, knowing he's still here every day, practicing every day and whatever. So, but he will. So. Yeah, he had the ramp up last season, but I think one of the cool things, and and I've heard this from Jeff Pyle uh, in an earlier interview uh, with, with with Coach, was that when when Eric Neely kind of came to the room a little bit, he kind of fell in love with, with yeah. what was going on. He said, "I want to be a part of this." And I, I think that's a a testament to the leadership that you brought to that room, but also the other guys in there as well. Yeah, that, that some of the guys that are coming back. Yeah, but uh, it should be a, a pretty exciting year this year for. Uh, for the Glads, if there's anybody who's going to take that next step, who's coming back, that's been announced already, who do you think? Uh, uh, just, just throw a name out there. We'll, we'll give him give him his flowers on, on this episode. Um, a lot of guys had career years. Yeah, I think year. I think and Topes was a, I guess a rookie. He was a rookie last yep. year, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't play. Yeah, I got to think he's going to assume more of a role. And if he's not up in the AHL. I mean. Right, and I think, but a lot, and a lot of those guys. If you don't have a deal, you're, and this is the reality. He's going to probably have to start here. They're going to give their kids a chance, and it is, and that's fine. Just come down here and don't try to do too much. Thinking you're going to be on the radar because we did well, you did well. A couple teams that know Jeff really well will listen to him when they say, "Hey, he's playing the right way right away, mm-hmm. and he's impactful right away on the right side of the puck." he'll get a chance. It's not, he doesn't have to come in and score 10 points in five games as a D to get a call up. Like that's not going to necessarily be the reason a guy like him gets a call or anyone for that matter. It's, he just needs to play the right way, be consistent work every, he just doesn't have to change what he's really doing. Maybe simplify a little bit, but everyone kind of has to, especially the start. Cause it is you start of the year, like young kids shot out of a can. Everyone's so excited to play. They've skated all summer. And you see the veterans kind of slowly come along because we don't skate as much as them during the year because you're still trying to ease in, not ease into it, but you're trying to, they can do it more often in the summer, sure. right? Yeah. They have less responsibilities, less whatever, you know, <laughs> and they're just buzzing out there to start. So the more you can just taper that off and 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 just play the right way right away, it's always going to prevail better in the end. So yeah, him for sure. I think... I think who else has been named? Well, let me ask you about uh, <laughs> about these training camps too, because yeah. Topes is is one of a, a handful of guys that are going to be up at AHL training yeah. camps uh, here in October. You've been a part of that. You've been a part of NHL training camps yeah. as well. Um, what is that like when you're in a spot? You know, one team is kind of sending you up to a training camp to get some exposure to yeah. to, to skate, um, and and maybe that parent club, that bigger club, the camp that you're at. You're low on the totem pole. They don't necessarily care about you, not because uh, no, they don't. Not, not no no fault of theirs. It's just that they have other things to worry about. They do, and that's what I, I guys get really misguided, and it's like this isn't a youth hockey tryout where necessarily the best guy gets to play on the team. You can go up there and light it up. They don't care. They they have think of this. Put it this way: 
if if you're a GM or a scout or a hockey player development player for Phoenix Coyotes and and a guy from our team goes up there and outplays a third, fourth, and sixth rounder that they've just signed. Do you think they're going to keep that kid in front of those three guys? Well, that's that's no. invalidating or no invalidating what there's the work no, they've done. There's no right. chance. Yeah. Otherwise, they lose. Why? Why are they still have jobs? How'd they miss him instead of those? You know what I mean? Right. Like that's the reality of it. I'm not dogging them. That's they've invested in someone already. It's a development. They keep shoving that word down everyone's throat. Like it is. That's what it is. It's exactly what it is. The the age of the American Hockey League now is so much younger on average than ten years ago. Is it ten years ago now that I played? Ten years ago <laughs> when I played in that league. Like it really is. Yeah. And it's for good reason. I mean, the NHL's younger now too, right? Like it, it's seemingly everyone's younger than me, but in in the but it really is. And there's no chance someone's risking their job over, in all honesty, like what could be a flash in the pan who had a good camp? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And and it's like, no, they're, they're going to let them develop. They're going to keep, you're going to hear that word so many times there. They're, they're going to let them develop, not just, oh, he had a good, he had a great camp. Like, let's keep them. They're yeah. not, they're not going to do that. It's going to maybe give you, a name on paper there for them to go, okay, like when they call and go, hey, we need a guy. Hey, so-and-so's doing really well. Oh, yeah, he had a really good camp. Perfect, call him up. Then you have to go there. You have to do what they're asking you right away. And if you're lucky enough where you play very well, the right guys are hurt or called up, and they need a guy that, for the next six weeks, you need some bounces. To get for the play. next six weeks, the yeah. two, the two times I got called up in my career from an ECHL team, um, when I was on an ECHL contract, I didn't go to camps that year. I was just doing well. I was with Jeff. Someone called. It was two coaches, Mike Havland and Jared Bednar, who had been in this league. They knew Jeff. They both knew me. I went up. And uh, the one time in Rockford was over Christmas. I, I flew up on Christmas Day to play to play the next day because the NHL goes on roster freeze. Well, they had a bunch of guys called up to Chicago from Rockford, and they can't come down mm-hmm. until the twenty seventh. They get a, there's a three day roster freeze there for family or four day whatever it is. So none of those guys could come down yet. So I get to go up. I had a good night. They sorry they couldn't come back until. 28th maybe it was and the second night I got to play on the top line and I had one and one and then two days later Marty St. Pierre's back down and Troy Brower's down and I play with both of them and I score first shift and Javi pulls me off the bus when we get back from Peoria that night and he's like we're gonna sign you tomorrow okay I'm like done I don't even ask how much money I was like sure he's like we're gonna sign you on one way Wow. Okay. Done. Done deal. Like that's the exception to the rule. Sure. And I, but I, but it was like, you know, if I, if I didn't go and play hard the first night as that eleventh forward or whatever, what eleventh, tenth, eleventh forward, yeah, to get a chance for a guy to say, yeah, like yeah, throw him with me the next night, and then and then and do well, 
luckily. I, I mean, whatever. I got a bounce where, and, but capitalize on it. I was playing power play. I was doing, I was doing things. And, and again, yeah, like bounces were there. And then the next time with Peoria, I had played in the American League this time. So Betsy yeah. knew me, knew what I, and he, I mean, he called, we just got off the bus in Kalamazoo. And I had kind of told Jeff that year, a long year the year before that, which long story, but um, between Rockford and Toledo a bit. Um, but uh, I get off the bus and I kind of told Jeff, like, I'm going to do this and maybe go to Europe. I'll, I'll see. I'll, I'll entertain. I just want to come back and play for you. I need to really love it again. And, and, and I had a great start. We had an unbelievable team for those 10 games, 11, whatever it was. And Bedsy calls. We get off the bus, do the practice, get back to the hotel. We're, both, we're sitting having lunch and, and Bedner calls me or Jeff called me and said, Bedsy was going to call you. I said, yeah, have him call me. I said, I don't really want to go, but have him call me. And he's like, Hey, he's like, I know he said you didn't really want to, but he's like, it's a good opportunity for you. He goes, we have a very young team. We have a few injuries, but we're not scoring and we should be. And he's like, I want to see if you can fill that. He's like, you'll play with TJ Hansick and Graham Mick. I was like, what time's my flight? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I go and I play with TJ for three years where we weren't separated at all. And because I go and I score the first night and he was just, and it was, and then the next night and it was like, and we had, I had a good year and he was, we kept signing AHL one ways for those three years and he wasn't getting it. Like he kept wanting to play with me. We had other guys come in, Chichu stuff, but he always, he always wanted to play with me. Mm-hmm. That was what TJ. kept, yeah, that's, that did like that kept me there and I was doing well, but I know it's I'm short story long, but like you got to catch a break, man. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's not given. I, I, those were kind of given to me, but if I went up there and laid an egg mm-hmm. and TJ was like, this guy can't keep up with me. I would have been right back down here. How many games, how many AHL games can one goal on the first night get you? <laughs> I know, right? Like how, how long does that know. carry over before you need to like show yeah, a flash well, if, again? But if they're asking you, Hey, we brought you to score, to score. Right. And you do. I mean, that's all, that's going to get you a week probably, mm-hmm. you know, but, but like show up and practice every day. Right. Like you, and if you're playing with those guys that are making a bunch of money and up there and that are actually prospects and call up guys as depth players, like you're going to have to do some of the work on the nights where on the three and threes where they're going to hang out in the right spots, but you get them the puck and they'll do something for you, but you're going to have to bring it maybe a little more because <laughs> just me, the nights we weren't very good. Like we, we didn't get brought. I didn't, I wasn't brought in the room with TJ Hansik and Graham Mink and they got their hands slapped. Like it was like, Nazi, you got to be better, <laughs> you know, like, what, you know, and I'm not, and they would never, they would never like say that's, hey, it's your bad. It was, it was them. They just, it was just, that's the reality of it. Like you're going to be the dog or, you know, or the pony there, like that's, that's, that's going to run. So it's take it for what it is and embrace it and, but take advantage of it. But as for like showing up and making a team at a camp, unless you've been there and you were brought in to really like, Hey, this guy played NHL games. Let's bring him into, into we're, Hey, we'll bring you into camp and see, see where it plays out. 
You know, mm-hmm. that's usually what those guys. And it's not that they couldn't be there. It's just like, hey, management's saying we can't, we can't keep you. We we got these it, guys that yeah. look good, and we got to play them more. I don't want to, you know, go elsewhere where you're going to get a chance. But for a guy that's just going to camp, like, sorry to break the bubble, but like, if you I, someone make me eat my words, please do. Mm-hmm. But just. Well, and you're going to make connections too. I mean, like there's sure, a little, little yeah. bit of politics. I mean, you were talking oh, yeah. about Betsy who, who knew you and knew Jeff. And so yeah. he, he, he phoned a friend and right. brought you in. Right. And, you know, I, all I'm telling our guys that go to camp is be noticed by your work ethic. It's not toe dragging three guys and then getting poke checked and taking a dash ain't going to do it because you toe drag three guys. Like just go and like, be the hardest working guy there. Be the first there. And all it's the cliches like mm-hmm. first one on, last guy off. Yeah. Like just be that guy. Just go and be that guy. And just see. Because the more you're there, they're just gonna at least see you. Like, who's this guy that's here all the time that won't leave the ring? Mm-hmm. Right? Like just be that guy. Just look like you just embrace every second of being there. And where it's just like, yeah, I can't get this guy's face out of my head. And mm-hmm. why is it, right? Like, don't make it for the wrong reasons, but leave an impression. And come back here, concentrating on playing here. Who cares what's going on elsewhere? You have to worry about what you're doing here. Otherwise, you're never going to get out of here. Yeah. Never. So, it's just as truthful as I can be. Mm. Well, that was a happy note to, to leave off on. Yeah. But, um, Nezzy, this has been great, man. We're, we're excited for... Uh, November 13th here coming up, that Jersey retirement ceremony. It's, yeah. it, it, it's going to be a ton of fun. So uh, we'll, we'll see their opening weekend, the 21st, 22nd, 23rd. Uh, Maybe not all three, but... Uh, well, <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you didn't retire. You were cut. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But how about that for an opening weekend? You get the, the, the defending champs and then the newest team, like back to back to back. That nights. makes it easier to retire too. When I see a <laughs> three and three, a three, three right off the bat. Yeah, Neil, Neil's always is like, he's like, he's like, oh, are you sure? Are you sure? I was like, yeah. I was like, no, man, I'm I'm good with it. I'm good with it. He goes, yeah. He goes, just just or I'll or maybe I'll say something to him sometime. Be like, oh man, I. I felt good in the gym today. I felt, or if I was out, I was really shooting the puck today. I felt good on the ice this morning or just, and I mean, out with the kids, like I'm joking around. He's yeah. like, ah, he goes, if you're not sure, just look at that schedule in February. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, three and three, three and three, three and three on the road, on the road. I was like, uh-huh. yeah, you're right. No, well, I don't miss it that much. Uh, well, now with Savannah, you got a lot of, uh, you know, from South Carolina to Savannah. Then I know. Back to Greenville See, or something I've, like that. See, that's the thing, so. right? Everyone's like, oh, nice, a closer team. I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> No, now you want yeah. three nights, four hours three on a cities. bus there yeah. from Atlanta, then a yep. couple from you want Charleston. More, yeah, you want to be in closer proximity to teams, then that means you want more <laughs> three, what is it, uh, three different cities and three different nights. That's what happens. Yeah. Now, all of us, well, we're all like, oh, yeah, three teams in Florida. Awesome. <laughs> we're in Orlando Friday and Hell. Jacksonville Saturday and Charleston <laughs> Sunday morning. Like yeah. It's, or Sunday afternoon. It's, ugh. Yeah, you're so, not going to miss those bus rides. I, I, no, I do. I don't. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I always loved it. Yeah. I, you just embrace the crap, right? Like that's the only way you can. Like it started to get funny. Like I don't, you know, I could, I could get frustrated with some stuff, but I was also like kind of the. I could, I could start laughing at some of the situations too. Just feel like perfect. When you're, another, when you're in it together, though, it's, yeah, it's like, funny. Like, it's, it's fun. Some of those games we play the best, too. 
Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable where some of those worst case scenarios, you pull one off and you're all like looking around after like, yeah, we are, we're good. <laughs> yeah. We're good. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, that's, that's the stuff right there that you miss is like that those days of with those guys just going like, hell yeah, we did that together today. Awesome. Mm-hmm. We, we, we did something pretty cool because face a little adversity, whatever. Yeah. Take it head on. Well, we won't see you on the ice this year, but we'll, we'll see you around the rink and, uh, and we'll definitely see you on the, on November 13th when we send that 17 up into the rafters. Nazi, thanks for doing this, man. Thanks, and, Frank. uh, good luck with the youth program here in the coming months. And, uh, and we look forward to, to seeing you out and about uh, yeah. in the GLADS community. Yeah, I'll be there. Thank you. You heard Derek mention it himself. He is still going to be right in the midst of the Gladiators community. We'll be seeing him at games at Gas South Arena this upcoming season. Uh, he'll be around the players as well. And who knows what his role will be moving forward with the team. Uh, he gets to spend some more time with Declan, his son, Whitney, his wife here uh, this year, not being on the road and not being a professional hockey player, but uh, it's hard to imagine him staying away from the world of professional hockey for too long. But that was Derek Nesbitt, and this has been episode 38 of the Atlanta Gladiators podcast. We'll see you next time.